and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Today, our guest is Rob Volk, CEO and founder of Foxbox Digital. Welcome, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. We are glad to have you on the show. First of all, please tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Rob. I'm the CEO of Foxbox Digital, as you said. We're an engineering-focused uh, digital agency. And, you know, in my past life, I was CTO of some startups. And so I really am a software engineer at heart, I have a technical background, and uh, now I'm leading a, an agency. Awesome. So today our topic is uh, building company culture. We will go through this topic, kind of look around what's there and pick your mind for the best pieces of advice for our listeners. Do you have a company culture document? What's in there? You know, is there anything that's not in there, but should be in there? Please tell us about it. Sure. Yes. So we we, we do have a culture document. I can give a few examples of what is in there. So a couple examples are the client isn't always right. Um, so I encourage my team to challenge them gracefully. It's kind of counterintuitive, but often we've found that we have a really good idea of our client's goals. And sometimes we may be asked to do things that we don't feel aligned to them. So we encourage people to challenge them. At the same time, we also encourage our team to challenge leadership. I think we're aware enough to know that we're not always right. And so we like when people challenge us gracefully, right, in the right way. Other things we have are uh, we encourage everyone to be deeply focused. And so I give everyone permission to close Slack and just really focus on whatever it is you're trying to build get it done, uh, and then take a slack break later. So those are just some examples of things that we have in our cultural doc. Is there anything that you have excluded from there purposefully? Yeah, I mean, if you look at like some companies' culture docs, there's a list of very obvious things in there. And so we've specifically included them because they're obvious, they're givens. So we try to cut into what sets us apart and what's meaningful or actionable, not just like, you know, do the right thing. It's like, well, of course you should. So let's cut into the, the meat of it. Mm-hmm. So now that we have established that you have a cultural document, what was the process of you putting it together? And first of all, what motivated you to put it together? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, we've always had a really strong culture, but I think that, I mean, in the beginning, it was just sort of accidental, right? It was just like, I hire people that I think are great, and then it just formed organically. But now we're we're at about 30 or so people, and so we're at a point where we've had some cultural mishires, we've had some contentions and some issues, right, that are signals of a bad culture. And so we kind of took a pause and said, okay, how do we distill the good parts of our culture together? Like, you know, distill it down to something. How do we formalize it? And the purpose there is that as we scale, that we maintain that culture and that it's no longer this accidental culture. It's predictable. We, we know that we can, we can grow with it. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the first steps of putting it together after you have decided that you will need something that kind of crystallizes your culture? 
And also, who did you involve? Who were the key stakeholders in a sense? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So it sort of happened organically as over time, we've just taken note of things that, that were meaningful to our culture and set us apart, right? So I think it just kind of grew over time. But then, you know, I involved, I involved some key leaders in my company, you know, some, some engineers and, and some other people that are close to my company and who have seen the culture from afar as well. So, you know, people inside and also outside. Um, so we just kind of took everything that we collected and bookmarked in our minds and then just, just sat down and just started writing it down. The process probably took about two months, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a collaboration and many iterations of, uh, of it to get it right. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting that you say that you have asked for outsiders' perspective. Could you elaborate on that? Um, whose perspectives did you, did you engage in? He's someone that works with us on like a contract basis for some things. And he works with us over time, right? But not like every day, all day. And so he kind of has that outside perspective. I think it's important because, you know, when you're like inside a problem, sometimes you can't see the solution. So you, know, you ask a coworker and then they're, they magically know it. And so we, we just kind of took that approach with, uh, with him. That's awesome. Thank you. It sounds really interesting, like a good relationship that you must have had for him to be involved in, mm -hmm. in your Absolutely. documentation. So once it was done, um, what was the impact of the company culture documentation? Yeah, so we rolled it out a few months ago. The immediate response was, uh, was the, so the first new hire cohort that we had a, a formal training of the cultural doc, they were blown away, right? So the immediate response was they were just like floored by it. Um, specifically, the cultural section was nice. So, you know, what I do is every new hire cohort, I have a, a remote, you know, meeting on Zoom and, and I cover the cultural docs. I go through all everything there. It's really important, right? That it's not a pre-recorded thing. This is done live. This is this is meaningful. Um, so the immediate response was really, really positive, and that obviously sets up for a good career. Other things were just like um, just kind of small changes. So we're seeing people, um, you know, on our like closed Slack rule, right? We're seeing people getting work done, not being immediately responsive on Slack, and then coming back and being responsive. And that's good in our eyes. That's what we want, right? Um, we're seeing signs of better communication, even at like contentious times, right? And so we have a kindness matters, no jerks rule. <laughs> and so we're seeing that come in. And, you know, even if you disagree, that's fine to disagree. But it's like, how do you respond to that? You know, you got to see the other's point of view and explain yours and see if you can come to a, an agreement. So we're seeing just better communication. We're far from perfect. We're still having issues, of course, but it's definitely going in the right direction. So I'm happy with the results so far. So what I'm hearing is that putting this together actually resulted in some positive behavior change on the side of the organization. And that sounds like it was really worth the effort. Let's look on the bigger scale and please tell me what you think are the signs of a healthy company culture. I mean, the signs of the healthy company culture are, we saw things firsthand where arguments being resolved amicably and stuff. I think the more obvious signs, though, are like on the un unhealthy company culture. You know, for instance, like we, when we had uh, somewhat of an unhealthy company culture, right, we were at least, you know, certain things, right? So we saw, let's say uh, we had defensiveness, right? So we had a, def a defensive developer who refused to look at his own code for problems, kept pointing fingers. That was a sign of an unhealthy aspect of our company culture. 
um, or like a developer who is sassy with one of our clients or a consulting company. We, we have to hold ourselves a certain way. And so we saw these, these signs happening and that, that really triggered, um, that was one of the triggers also to, to make sure that we correct, you know, we hold on to things that are good and correct the things that are bad. So if we think about developers and communications and being an agency, what would you say to our listeners? How should they develop and sustain a culture that they like? Sure, um, that's a great question. So, you know, obviously the, the first step is, as we've been talking about, you have to define it, right? You have to do some soul searching and really put words to the aspects of your culture um, that exist, right? So you have to be aware of your own culture and then, you know, write it down. Um, two, you have to roll it out. You know, so for us, that's that starts with, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one training or, or one-on-a-few training from, you know, from the CEO. Three, this is probably the most important. You have to lead by example. And so, for instance, if you have a don't be late rule, the CEO has to arrive a minute early to every meeting, right? And then the engineering managers have to arrive a minute early, developers as well. We don't actually have that rule because I'm not that good at it. <laughs> so I can't be a hypocrite, right? So, so you have to lead by example. And then, then the fourth thing that kind of ties it together is uh, you want to hold people accountable. And so we actually are including this as part of our performance reviews as well. Ah, so there is some kind of an actual like outcome for the developers' feedbacks or for their performance reviews? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in our performance review, we look at our OKRs, our objective key results from for the company and for you as an individual. You know, we look at your, your performance and then how are you doing as far as our, our culture docs? Are you upholding the values you know, that we have as a company? We've been through a lot of things about uh, what specifically applies to your company. How do you think our listeners should go about building a culture that encourages creativity? I just read a great book about this, actually, the Pixar story. And so, they, you know, they're, they're a, creative, a creative company entirely. If you want to encourage creativity, some things that you'd want to do are you want to encourage people to take risks. You want to make it okay to fail. You want to make it okay to make mistakes, right? You want to give people, you want to remove the time pressure and give people the time it takes because you can't force creativity. So your values certainly change if you are like a results-oriented organization versus a creative-oriented organization. Awesome. And you, you said that your company culture document is kind of embedded in the feedback that developers get so they kind of have to adhere by the cultural document is this document the code of conduct for the company or is there some freedom to diverge from the document how does this work yeah certainly i mean we we recognize that everyone's an individual everyone has their own personalities and that's fine like we want you to have your own personality and, and act as such i view them more as guidelines there's clearly things that are not acceptable, like defensiveness, right? That's just in general, like not a good trait, but the rest of them, it's, it's really around, it's really guidelines, how in general to conduct yourself as, a, as an employee of Foxbox Digital, a team member of Foxbox Digital. How do you monitor that uh, your developers actually behave according to these guidelines? 
you know, that's that's a difficult one, right? Um, it at our company we have a weekly leadership call where we discuss things that went well, things that didn't. So certainly, when problems arise, like I hear about them then. There's also weekly architecture calls for the architects. Um, there's PM calls for the PMs, and so kind of in those various calls, I think things float up to the appropriate people. I see. So it's kind of like on an individual level that information flows throughout the company. So what are some of the everyday actions that uh, our listeners can take to improve their company's culture? Yeah, really, the, the thing you have to do is just lead by example. You know, like a, as an engineering manager, you know, you have a team that looks up to you. And so every day with your actions, you have to uphold the company's values. That makes them real. That takes them from you know, words on a piece of paper um, to actions, which are much stronger. I mean, on, on the opposite too, if you blatantly disregard things in the culture, it nullifies them, right? It, it says that, oh, that's meaningless. They, the company says this, but my manager is doing this, and so it doesn't mean it. Um, and so, you know, it, it, no matter who you are, right? If you're an engineer, QA person, an engineering manager, an executive, you know, you have to lead by example, and everyone has to be aligned. Um, otherwise, you have a problem. What I gather is that you guys really proactively put together something that reflects the current state of affairs in your company. So the culture was really taken a blueprint of rather than consciously created. My question is, have you ever encountered some things that were cultural, but you wanted to change? And if so, how did you change it? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I alluded to it earlier, you know, where we had a developer who was you know, sassy with the client, right? And um, I guess I can go into that a little bit. Um, so first of all, I mean, he's, he's an excellent engineer and he's still on our team, but with his brilliance came an ego or just um, an inability to communicate sometimes, right? And so we, we worked to, to do that, um, to change that, that behavior. In one case, he was trying to implement it was a front end for like a machine learning component. And basically the way it was designed, it was not gonna work. It was not a good implementation. The designer didn't know this because he didn't know like the intricacies of AI. And so the engineer just went and, <laughs> and built it in his own implementation. He didn't tell our product manager. He just went straight to the UX designer and said, oh, this is how I'm doing it. You're wrong and this is why. You know, we were surprised because we didn't even know about it. The client then came to us and said, oh, what's going on? Your guy built it not to spec. And RPM was surprised. She was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So like that was just a series of fails there, right? And so what, what we did was at the end, I took note and I was like, hey, you're right. Your implementation was correct. The designs weren't done right. And it's fine to go and, and go go spike it out and go build something to, to see, you know, to kind of test out your, your, your idea. That's fine. He also did it like, you know, late at night or something. But first thing in the morning, I wish you had come to your product manager and explained why the designs weren't right, why you, you know, think your solution is. Go talk to your architect also and get his buy-in. And then we can come to the client and the product manager can explain to the client why, you know, try to sell them on our idea. So that would have been like the correct process. 
it was a catastrophe, really. Um, at the end of it, you know, we, we came out and we, we saved ourselves, but we did have to do some cultural cleanup there. Behaviors are hard to change. Those things don't happen overnight. How long does it take to, to change a company's culture? Well, with this specific engineer, we're, we're seeing incremental changes. I'll put it that way. <laughs> nice. And I guess it's kind of the same thing. If you're looking to change things, it's difficult to change. It takes a lot of time. One of the real benefits of having a cultural doc is if you put elements of your cultural doc onto your job posts, you're going to then attract talent that resonate with what you're saying, yeah. right? And so, and then at the same time, you know, we, we publish our call, it's for internal purposes, but we publish it on our website and pieces of it, you know, flow through to our marketing message. And so we also then uh, attract clients you know, with whom we uh, resonates. So I think it's it's a lot harder to change actions and behaviors and personalities, but it's a lot easier to attract people that already naturally fit your culture. You know, and not a hundred percent, but mostly fit it. And that that's that's all we ask for. Right. So we kind of got into this too. We assume that people who will apply, having read your company culture document, will at least agree with some of the things that are stated on there, but. But oh. do you do you check at all if if somebody's a good cultural fit? Um, certainly, we try to check. You know, I wish I had a bulletproof method to you know to suss out if someone's a cultural fit. What it comes down to really is just frankly a conversation with them. So we have our operations manager does the cultural interviews with all of our candidates. Um, she's just really in tune with our culture, and she's actually taken on the role of uh, captain culture. And so she, she tries to just improve the company's culture overall. So you know, she just has a conversation with them and it really just turns out to be a gut check, right? Like, do we feel by the way they're carrying themselves um, that, they, uh, that they align with, with our values? This is kind of off the shelf, but uh, I have been talking to a lot of people from all around the world and there seems to be kind of two camps one of them saying you know you should just really hire for diversity and and have people kind of expand your culture as they join in the company and you have people who are more on the we have a culture so we are looking for people who will fit right into our culture which side would you recommend or are you on well i don't think they're mutually exclusive I mean, of course you want a diverse set of people, right? In all aspects. I mean, you want people to think differently. That's how you'll deliver the best results. If everyone thinks exactly the same way, like you're gonna fall on your face. So obviously you want a diverse culture, um, but the things in the doc, I don't think that they like exclude diversity. I think, I think the opposite. I think the things in here are, you know, they're common threads, right? For instance, you know, we have a core belief that, you know, we're puzzle solvers. We want people who are naturally inquisitive and to want to figure out a problem and that that's at all levels. Now, I think that people of all walks like are like can be puzzle solvers, right? And so I think that you can have both, but also we don't expect that you adhere to 100% of our core beliefs, our, our values, right? And so there's, I think with looking at this as a set of guidelines, I mean, it opens up to individuality as well. Thank you. 
It has been a, a very enlightening conversation. We have talked about your process and motivation for putting the company culture documentation together. We have talked about the people whom you involved in this process and frankly upholding this company culture document in the everyday life. Would you like to add anything else to our conversation? Is there anything that we haven't touched on? No, I think we've we've touched on a little bit of everything. I'd like to just share a little something, if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah. Just wanted to say a little bit about my company. So, you know, we're Foxbox Digital. You know, we're a digital agency. We focus, you know, really heavily on mobile and web technologies like React Native and Elixir. And so I just want to say that we're always hiring developers, project managers, automated QA engineers. Um, so, you know, if you're interested, uh, please reach out. All right. And if so, how can others find you if they want to follow your work or get in touch with any of the ideas that we have discussed here? Yeah, definitely. So um, if you if you want to connect with uh, Foxbox Digital on LinkedIn, connect with me personally on LinkedIn. Um, and we also have a blog, foxbox.com slash blog, where um, we post a lot of interesting things about our company. Uh, we try to kind of open source, you know, our culture, our processes, um, things about development, all sorts of things. Awesome. So it should be a, a good source of information for, for everyone. Thanks for joining us today, Rob. Carolina, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for staying with Level Up Engineering. Today, our guest was Rob Volk, CEO and founder of Foxbox Digital. I am Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.